This is Scott Vanderplu, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, episode 64. I went down to the St. James Infirmary, found my baby there, stretched out on a long white table, so sweet, so cold, so fast. I think last time I talked about taking Artist Edition out of it and just saying AE. So maybe this is the AE Index podcast, episode 64. But thinking about dropping the Artist Edition portion, I, and I think I've discussed this already, so bear with me if you've heard it. I apologize in advance. But uh, I think that's why I get no press coverage from IDW, because they're concerned that uh, their book is Artist Edition. I have Artist Edition in the title of my site. I'm not sure. Or they, I'm really, or I just don't have any sort of relationship with the IDW uh, media relations people. I've reached out to them and contacted them. I've never heard back about anything. So I'd say, yeah, that's probably no relationship whatsoever. All right. Thanks for joining me once again, where we take the written, typed, you know, online word of AEindex.org and I bring it to life in this podcast monthly. Uh, lots happening this month. It's surprising. So until now, well, maybe until, you know, 2021. Every publisher distributed through Diamond. I was able to use Diamond solicitations as a one-stop shop. Diamond put out the solicitations online on the last Friday of the month. And then it would appear in the print catalog on the last Wednesday of the month. Uh, That worked great for years as well. I could go to Diamond and they would list, we could see sales numbers. But since things have fragmented, we got Penguin Random House now. Got other distributors, I think. Uh, Lunar for DC and uh, Graffiti Designs, but the Graffiti Designs has gone back to Diamond for a bunch of stuff, but that's, uh, you know. So basically, the, my one-stop shop where I was able to get print number, print runs, you know, order code, uh, solicitations, images, all that stuff is gone. Now I've got to just deal with whatever I can. So this month is a perfect example of that, and I thought that we'd get into solicitations first because, so this month I had... Uh, you know, uh, IDW had posted their uh, new solicitations on Penguin, which not really not the same way that uh, used to happen in Diamond. I guess I have to backtrack a bit. So Diamond, right, The it was hard. You know, they were close to print. They would appear in Diamond. Uh, with Penguin Random House on the site, Penguin Random House also has a solicitations catalog on prhcomics.com that sort of mimics what the Diamond previous catalog does. But on PRH Comics proper, the website... You just look and see, uh, you can sort, and then you click on shipping now, and then you can see everything. So I checked that once a week, and I was on there, and I saw three books, and I posted this on March 9th. The three books were Bravo for Adventure, Artist Edition, New Printing, Alex from Alex Toth. Uh, I also saw the Best of EC Comics Artisan Edition, which is interesting because if you look at the cover they solicited, it's the Best of EC Comics stories artisan edition so let me go back and say so the alex toast bravo for adventure i'll give you the blurb of every comic story alex toth ever drew the only one that he kept the complete original art to was bravo for adventure this artist edition is a virtual how-to course in drawing comics the the toth way we see how he would draw all the detail in the scene only to black it out in order to focus the reader's eye on what really counted simplify 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 he said also included are variant versions of the Bravo Saga featuring Noah Chance and the experimental aircraft called Condor, plus dozens of never-before-seen roughs, preliminary drawings, and story fragments, as well as 
12 pages of Toth's own coloring for an edition that never saw print, and freed from storage after 40 years, all the coloring for what was intended to be Bravo's original 1975 first printing in France. This is being offered on September 27th, 2022. It's 12 by 17 inches. It's 136 pages and $125. This is a book that was produced in conjunction, which actually, actually the, it was produced by Library of American Comics with uh, Scott Dunbeer assisting. Uh, it came out a while ago. Um, I reviewed it on the first print. It's a great book. It has gone out of print now. And uh, the cover is slightly different. The they had a they have a graphic on the back, and then they have like a um, an art page on the front. And they've shrunk that art page a bit now, so you can see more of the back graphic. That's the only way to tell first print from second print from what I've seen so far. So nice to see that back at print. Um, if I was looking at maybe the top ten artist editions that are out of print that are in demand, this wouldn't make the list. Uh, no way. So I'm, it's a really odd choice, especially since IDW. And Library of American Comics have also sort of parted ways and with IDW pursuing their new projects uh, with Clover. So this is an odd choice, no question. All right, going to the Best of EC Stories Artisan Edition or the Best of EC Comics Artisan Edition. Here's the blurb. The Best of EC Comics Artisan Edition collects 25 of the finest stories ever produced by the legendary comics company. Every page has been scanned from the original art and color. And while the art appears to be in black and white, if you look closely, you will notice that blue pencil notations, ink gradients, corrections, duo shade... And so much more is clearly visible. All the little nuances that make original art so beautiful and unique. Side note, maybe I should start saying duo shade instead of uh, whatever else I'm saying when I say the, uh, the paste-ons there. All right, keep that anyways. Continuing with the blurb. The stories in this volume truly represent the very best of what EC published. Wally Wood's My World, Al Williamson's Food for Thought, Alex Toth's Thunderjet, Joe Orlando's Judgment Day, Harvey Kurtzman's Corpse on the Imgen, Bernie Creekson's Master Race, Jack Davis's Foul Play, and so many more classics of the form. Truly the cream of the crop, the best of the best. And in the groundbreaking artist edition style, readers will be able to experience them as never before. So this is being offered on September 6th. It's 8 by 12 inches, soft cover, standard uh, artisan edition format. It's $39.99, standard artisan edition price. So this is collecting stories from the Best of EC uh, Artist Edition 1 and 2. Not all of them, just selecting you know but it is 200 pages so it's a good amount so we're i think that's that should get you three quarters of both of the artist editions that's pretty good then the third solicitation no image dan DiCarlo's archie and friends artist edition dan DiCarlo was the preeminent artist of archie from the 1950s to the 1990s and while DiCarlo was not the first to illustrate america's favorite teenager he's certainly the artist most associated with him this book like all artist editions will present DiCarlo's work that has never been printed before, with each page scanned for the original artwork and presented in the actual size it was drawn. And while the art appears to be in black and white, each image is actually shot in color, allowing the reader to see all the subtle nuances and details that make original art so special. Gradients in the inks, corrections, blue pencil notations, and so much more. This book will be crammed full of complete stories, covers, and pinups for what many consider to be DiCarlo's finest period, the mid-1960s to early 80s. And while there will be lots of Betty and Veronica, we've also managed to track down some gorgeous examples of Josie and Sabrina as well. If you're a fan of Archie and Dan DiCarlo, then this is the book for you. The only way to better view these rare gems is if you are looking over Dan DiCarlo's shoulder as he toiled at the drawing board. This release, October 11th, uh, no dimensions provided, 106 pages, $150. Shortly, a few days after this solicitation went up, it was removed. The page on PRH Comics is gone, and I did not have the forethought 
to add it to the Wayback Machine. I normally, I you normally after about a month or something, I add uh, this kind of stuff to the Wayback Machine because then when I go back and reference it, it's always available. Especially like when I do those that, that when I did that ten year uh, coverage piece for artist editions, I'm doing another ten year coverage piece for portfolios this year. I'll do another one for artifact editions when that ten year comes up. So. Wayback Machine is awesome for that. And so it's disappointing I missed that page. I'm assuming this will be solicited later. And let's, uh, I had to then put up on March 26th, more March 2022 IDW solicitations because Scott Dunbeer posted on social media Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man Artist Edition. He put up the image and then uh, I was able to get the the info from the PRH Comics website and then IDW has really been promoting this because they've also released press releases and some other things. So all that's available on the site. Let me give you the blurb. Todd McFarlane's gorgeous work on Spider-Man was nothing less than groundbreaking. His intense version of the web-slinging wall crawler took the character to new heights, instilling in the character a sense of energy and vitality rarely seen before. First in The Amazing Spider-Man, written by David uh, Michelini, and then in a spinoff series with both story and art by McFarlane. McFarlane took each character and made them his own. Classic villains like the Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, Sandman, the Vulture, the Lizard. Plus his classic interpretations of some of Marvel's greatest heroes, the Incredible Hulk and Wolverine. And let's not forget his alluring Mary Jane. McFarlane was also the co-creator of one of the most infamous new characters in years, the villainous Venom. A number of pages featuring this iconic character are presented within these pages. And while an artist's edition appears to be in black and white, each page in this volume has been painstakingly scanned for McFarlane's hand-drawn art allowing the reader to experience the artist's originals as never before, seeing for the first time all the subtle nuances that make original art so unique and special. Blue pencils, ink gradients, corrections, all are completely visible. The only way to better experience these pages would be if you were in McFarland's studio as he was drawing them. Hmm, I've heard that line before. And while there are no complete stories presented in this book, there are many examples of McFarland's classic storytelling, filled with kinetic energy and oh, those webs. This is being released on September 20th. It's 14 inches by 21 inches. So not quite twice up because twice up books are 15 by 22. So that's interesting. We'll have to see what happens there. It's 192 pages, $150. So then the press release went on to provide a little more information. It says this artist edition will include nearly 100 pages of interior art selected from 24 issues of his consequential The Amazing Spider-Man run. Almost 60 pages from his record-setting Spider-Man series and 25 covers spanning such titles as The Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Marvel Age, Marvel Tales, and more. So, interesting that we get a little bit more extra information. And the press release says it's available September 21st, which is a Tuesday. 22nd is a Wednesday. PRH always lists Tuesdays, so that was kind of interesting. All right. Uh, I've seen two covers for this already. I've seen the cover that on all the press releases and uh, online and what I have. And then I've seen a very small uh, cover of a different cover that I think was going to be the cover but then got changed. So I'd expect to see a variant cover for this. Scott Dunbeer has said on social media that uh, Todd McFarlane will not be doing any signed versions of this. So at best, you're going to see a cover and a variant. I would say you're probably going to see a variant since this book's going to be very popular. And then maybe we'll see if some other pop, somebody else wants to do their own version. Maybe we'll see Fan Expo doing their own version of this like they did with the uh, Jim Lee X-Men. All right, that's that blurb. Wow, a lot of blurbs and uh, solicitations. I actually have two more solicitations this month. So on March 9th, I was on uh, uh, the Dup Dupuis website and they have put the next 
version, the next, the second in their Artiste Edition line, and that is Natasha Dupuis Artiste Edition. With Natasha, the air hostess, Francois Walterie and Gauss created the first heroine of popular Franco-Belgian comics. The birth of this beauty is due as much to chance as to the talent of two authors, then almost unknown. Natasha La Maharaja, the next album, shakes up the codes even more. Walteri develops a graphic style that will influence generations of designers. The secret of the Gauss Walteri duo? Audacity, experience, a small part recklessness, a hint of luck, great friendship, and above all, a lot of work. For the first time, the original boards of these two founding albums of the legend Natasha are reproduced in facsimile in the original format. This Dupuis Artiste edition appears on the occasion of the 15th anniversary of Natasha La Maharaja. Interesting. So this is coming out May 20th. It's 120 pages. It's 199 euros. And it's 14 and a half inches by 20 inches or five or 374 millimeters by 513 millimeters. Uh, you can pre-order on Amazon. I'm waiting to get it from uh, the 9E store because they have a deal on shipping. But because this book will come in its own box, you don't really have to fear uh, Amazon shipping from this. Because Amazon will take its this book that comes in a box, put it in another box, probably no padding, and ship it to you. So I think you're good to go with Amazon if uh, you want to pre-order this. So that is very exciting. I love the, uh, yeah, the, the, the Gilles Jourdain of the first Artiste edition. Um, I do review two books in the Pre- Dupuis Premier edition this month, which we'll talk about later. And those had a much less price point. So I'm wondering, this, is this, these books, you know, the... North American books are between 150 and 200 now, and I noticed the European books are pretty well coming out now at 199 euros, which I think is about 240 US, 300 Canadian. So, one more solicitation this month, and I got this from a press release from 2000 AD Rebellion. If somebody's in the know, if somebody listens to this podcast and works at Rebellion or 2000 AD, I never know what to say. Like, it says 2080 on the spine, but Rebellion seems to be the company. I, I can't sort that out. Somebody help me out. Should I be putting 2080 slash Rebellion? Should I just be putting 2080? Inquiring minds want to know. Email me at scott at aeindex.org, please. All right, this is the Judge Dread by Mike McMahon Apex Edition. The third Apex Edition from 2080. Right, we got the, some great stuff. We're still waiting for the Brian Boland. And uh, then this will be the second one for 2022. All right. From the first published Judge Dredd story to his iconic work on serials such as The Cursed Earth and The Judge Child, McMahon's constantly evolving style has helped, him make, has helped make him one of the greatest Dredd artists of all time. Famed for his giant... Boy, I'm really messing this up. Famed for his big boots design and vivid imagination, McMahon's work helped define Dredd's world and won him legions of fans. Featuring high-resolution scans of original artwork, the Apex Edition is a deluxe, oversized facsimile edition that reproduces McMahon's original art pages at their actual size. From his dynamic early work influenced by Dread co-creator Carlos Scarra to his later utterly unique style, this Apex edition showcases the evolution of his career in unprecedented detail and does demonstrates how McMahon came to influence generations of comic book artists. Complete stories such as Judge Whitey, Frankenstein 2, The Wreath Murders, and Dream Palace are published alongside pages from The Cursed Earth, The Day Law Died, The Judge Child, and The Fink. As well as his brush and pen work, the reproduced pages include original titles and word balloons. Additionally, our aim is to release the title on uh, 26th of October, 2022. But please be aware that due to the ongoing challenges with paper shortages and disruption to global shipping, we may be required to adjust that date. At all times, our priority is to deliver your order on time. We will communicate any changes to you. Standard edition is available to pre-order from the 2080 web shop. 
and will also be available for comic book stores to order through Diamond Distribution's previews magazine this summer. The limited edition slipcase is available to order only through the 2080 web shop. So, this book, October 26th, it's 481 millimeters by 371 millimeters. There's no page count. It's 105 US. Um, APAC, uh, 2080 is hitting another park with the price on these books. Uh, especially the the Bolin one is 100. This one's 105. I'm assuming they're just adjusting that from the uh, the pound to the US dollar because the pound is uh, taking a beating lately. So, yeah, that Zenith Phase 1 Apex Edition, I really enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to the Boland. I think we got exciting things coming, for sure. Another great book. Um, slip, it comes with, you know, it's a lot more money for the slipcase version here. Let me, let me, let me click on the link here. Uh, it's $200, $196.99. So, say, you know, so dollars $91, $91 more. And you get a slipcase and a signed page. So, that's ugh, double... For the slipcase, I like slipcases, but yeah, that's a lot of money. I, of course, will go with the standard edition. All right, that's the solicitations this month. Uh, let's talk about shipping changes. Um, Mike Mignola's Hubboy and Helen, other stories, artisan edition has slipped to May 11th. Gil Kane's Amazing Spider-Man artisan edition has moved to July 26th from July 12th, and then it moved to the 19th and the 26th. This still this hasn't been solicited through Diamond or anybody yet, and it probably won't be now. But uh, it's, it popped up on PRH Comics, so I've been tracking it. The other change is the Judge Dread by Byron Bull and Apex Edition is now September 7th. So exciting stuff there. I should go back and mention, since I glossed over it, in that solicitation for the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man and Artist Edition, I did heavily emphasize that it contains no complete stories. So previously, Artist Editions contained complete stories. Artifact Editions contained pages without complete stories. So this is definitely something that's going on. Um, I have a Q&A scheduled with Scott Dunbeer. I've sent him the questions. I'm waiting for his responses. Uh, I should be able to post that this month, I'm hoping. And that was one of my questions. So wait uh, for that, Inquiring Minds, and we should get answers direct from the source for that. All right, let's move on to the poll this month. Um, I am recording this a day late in the buck short. Just could not record it yesterday. Occasionally, I do have to record the podcast first day of the month as opposed to the last day. Uh, it just depends on my work schedule, really. And then last night, I just couldn't get it done after work. So that's that's how it goes. All right. The poll, courtesy of David Jacoy, who provides the awesome poll subject and links to the art for me, came up with, with war in everyone's mind, let's take a look at some of the most amazing artists who delved into war comics. All of them deserve an AE format, but who among them deserves it the most? Yes, we have a lot of AE readers and followers of the site in Europe. And we certainly keep our hopes and prayers with them that the conflict can end soon. All right. Uh, this was interesting. Uh, so uh, Jorge Zafino led this month. for He was quite strong. Uh, some amazing work on Winterworld and uh, Waterworld. And some other. He's just an amazing artist that I'd love to see an artist edition of. But he came in second this month. Joe Kubert, who, you know, is, is DC War Comics, really. He led the vote. 31 votes, Jorge Zafino, 25. Michael Golden for the NOM, 21 votes. Dave Gibbons for uh, Martha Washington, 12 votes. Dick Ayers for Sergeant Fury, 4 votes. So, interesting. Would have liked, uh, I would like to see pretty well any of these. Uh, this is great stuff. Those sample pages just blew me away. But I love Jorge Zafino. I just love Jorge Zafino. Or his son. I just like our edition of anybody, any of the Zafinos at this point. All right, let's talk out-of-print sales. 
another sales month where things got weaker. I don't know. I I think the like I said, I said previously, the heyday there. Should have sold all my extras uh, last spring, but what can you do? All right, let's talk sales this month. These are books that sold on eBay in February. Alien, the illustrated story, original art edition. One copy sold for one eighteen forty one. Five copies of Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller Gallery edition, sold for an average of two hundred one nineteen. So uh, above cover there. Two copies of Bernie Wrightson Artifact Edition First Print sold for $231.99 average. Three copies of the second print sold for an average of $224.99. Best of EC Comics Volume 1 sold two copies, an average of $231.99. One copy of Volume 2 sold for $239.99. One copy of Bill Sienkiewicz's Mutants and Moon Knights and Assassins Artifact Edition sold for $300. One copy of Dave Cockrum's X-Men Artifact Edition sold for $119.99. One copy of Dave Gibbons' Watchmen Artifact Edition sold for $167.50. One copy of Dave Stevens' Rocketeer Artist Edition, second print, sold for $128.50. No first prints. I'd expect this, uh, these sales maybe to go down since we've, we've heard that the, the 40th anniversary printing uh, is going to be out in April. And uh, includes the two missing pages from that first printing, so or second printing, right? So the only thing I think people are still buying maybe the second print for is that uh, the variant Betty cover. All right, David Mazzucchelli's Daredevil Born Again Artist Edition sold three copies, an average of three forty-five. Two copies of Don Rose's The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, Volume One, sold for an average of two hundred nine ninety-nine. Consistent uh, market seller there. That that book has really been picking up. There's a book I'd like to see volumes two and three or four of, whatever volumes are required to complete The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Since Fantagraphics released that two hundred fifty-dollar oversized hardcover, and it seems to have sold like hotcakes. So, I think there's a market for these artist editions. If anybody's listening, Scott Dunbeer. All right, one copy of Fantagraphics Studio Edition, Hal Foster's Prince Valiant, sold for $80. Three copies of Frank Miller's Daredevil Artifact Edition, sold for an average of $173.33. One copy of Frank Miller's Sin City, The Hard Goodbye Curator's Collection, sold for $125. Oh, how we miss you, Curator's Collections. One copy of Gene Colan's Tomb of Dracula Artist Edition, sold for $175. One copy of Gil Kane's Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition, sold for $175. Here's a book that sold for months, like $60 copies. And then the last few months, boom. No, yeah, it's really gone up the last year. All right, two copies of Jack Davis's EC Stories Artist Edition sold for an average of two hundred one sixty-two. One copy of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four: The World's Greatest Artist Edition sold for four ninety-nine ninety-five. I just, I can't get that. This book, the lang- this book, language. It's the twice up. It's my favorite of the uh, Fantastic Four books. But uh, it's yeah, it's sold undercover for months and months, and then boom, here's the really odd duck with this uh, massive. Cover price. I mean, sorry, massive uh, payout for this book. All right, one copy of Jack Kirby's The Mighty Thor Artist Edition sold for $219.99. One copy of Jim Lee DC Legends Artifact Edition sold for $94.95. Bargain there. One copy of Joe Kubert's Tarzan of the Apes Artist Edition sold for $117.95. The other two didn't sell any. Man, these books are amazing. I recommend everybody who likes comic art to pick up the three Joe Kubert Tarzans. All right, John Buscema's Silver Surfer Artist Edition. One copy sold for $169.95. And uh, we saw the Artisan Edition released this week. So if you don't want to pay back order prices, back yeah, back issue prices there for that, get the Artisan Edition. All right. Two copies of John Byrne's Fantastic Four Artist Edition sold for an average of $147.50. Two copies of John Byrne's Marvel Classics Artifact Edition sold for an average of $175. Two copies of John Byrne's X-Men Artifact Edition sold for an average of $357.50. Eesh. Two copies of John Romita's Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition sold for an average of $287.50. One copy of John Romita's Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition Volume 2 sold for $125. Two copies of Lone Wolf and Cub Gallery Edition sold for an average of $202.95. That's a double cover. 
One copy of Man Artist Edition sold for $219.99. Man, I got two of those on the store for less than that, and I got no interest. I don't know what's going on there. One copy of Marvel Covers Artist Edition sold for $134.20. One copy of Mike Mignola's Hellboy and Hell and Other Stories Artist Edition. First print sold for $75. That, there's a market blip. I wonder, did he have a spelling mistake or something in that the listing? Because that's that's cheap. Two copies of the second print sold for an average of $259.99. I mean, somebody figure that out and let me know. One copy of Ross Andrews, The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition, sold for $199.95. Again, another book that just languished on eBay, $60 copies, months and months and months, and now it's really been picking up steam. One copy of Sam Keith's The Max Artist Edition, $200. One copy of Sergio Aragona's Grew the Wander Artist Edition, $175. One copy of Spawn Vault Edition, $355. Two copies of Spawn Vault Edition 2, averaging $206, so that, that's come down quite a bit. One copy of Star Wars Artifact Edition, $109.99. One copy of Stranko Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. First print, $296.02. One copy of the Book of Ballads, Original Art Edition, $84.64. Interesting, that's up. Two copies of Wally Woods EC Stories, Artist Edition, First print, $399.99 average. One copy of the Second Print for $250. One copy of Walt Simonson's Manhunter and Other Stories, $81. Bargain. One copy of Will Eisner's The Spirit, Artist Edition, $169.99. So, uh, you know, we're seeing some lower prices. We're seeing some higher prices, I guess. Now let's talk about price records. Um, I saw four changes this month. If I see a price sell for the same price as my previous record price, I will update that with the new date because I like to keep it as current, right? Let people know what's out there. So four records this month. Um, February 10th saw Jack Davis's EC Stories Artist Edition signed copy go for $469.95. We previously discussed Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, The World's Greatest Artist Edition, selling for $4.99.95. Michael Golden's Micronauts Artist Edition signed version, it went for $3.99.99. Mike Mignola's Hellboy and Hell and Other Stories Artist Edition remarked, sold for $9.99. So, nobody's hitting the previous records of $1,800 for Romina's Amazing Spider-Man Edition remarked. But, uh, some things are get up there. All right. Uh... Now, this is the time of Dieter's Dance Party where we dance. And I should mention how you can support the Artist Edition Index. Uh, three ways. Become a Patreon patron. It's a dollar or whatever you'd like to contribute. You can contribute $2, $5, $10, whatever you like. $1.82 depends on your, uh, up to you. That's a monthly charge, and I appreciate that greatly. Uh, the second way to support me, and it's, uh, this, this, uh, this supports you as well, or helps you as well, is to use the links, the affiliate links, Amazon links, uh, things from another world, um, those get me uh, a small percentage back when you buy a book, and I greatly appreciate that. That is great, uh, that, and through eBay, that's my biggest one actually. Those are that's actually how the site uh, brings in money, affiliate links mostly. And then the third way is to go to the store and buy a book. Um, I've lowered some prices this month and some books. I mean, if I'm not, I try to keep it current with what's on eBay. Uh, most of the books I have put up now uh, are cover price couple things are above cover that's the mad artist edition actually no i dropped mad as artist edition to cover price uh mike mignola's the amazing screw on head and other curious objects artist edition is above cover as is usagi jimbo samurai and other stories gallery edition so i got a couple things above cover a bunch of things on cover uh, i ship it to u.s addresses media mail so it's pretty cheap so if you'd like to support this you can also go to the website and i want to say ask me anything about artist editions the email address again is scott at aeindex.org I love to get questions. I love to look through my stuff and provide answers. I like to keep people happy, keep people interested. 
Uh, it's interesting uh, discussing, you know, keeping people interested because uh, I, my, uh, I do post flip throughs on on eBay, <laughs> on eBay, on YouTube. So I've got um, got a hundred over a hundred subscribers now. Not not a big number, but I'm thankful for everybody who subscribes. Uh, I flip through the books. I post the podcast there as well. So if you like if you like YouTube, then definitely do that. Uh, at this point, I'm not going to be doing any full video reviews. I like to flip throughs, and uh, I like to still do the reviews on the website. So I've got um, two reviews this month, both French books, both from the Dupuis Premier Edition line, which is a really nice. So they're about 16 and a half by 12 inches. I don't know. For some reason in France, they do the... Uh, Length first, then width, and I don't know why in North America we do width and length first. I don't know. But uh, the first one is Lucky Luke, Phil Deffer, or in English it's Phil Wire. And it's that's uh, 16 and a half inches by 11 and three quarter inches, 56 pages. It was 99 euros and it came out in January 2016. So this is, uh, let me give you the blurb. This eighth album in the Lucky Luke series, released in 1956, is a story with a harder, more cynical, and violent tone than the others. Death is suggested there many times, even though censorship formally forbids it since the French law of July 16th, 1949, on works intended for young people. The consequences are not long in coming. For the first time, a story of Lucky Luke is not published in the newspaper Spiro because it is considered too violent. It was then published in Le Moustique, a magazine published by Dupuis intended for an older family audience. Interesting. So this is all intents and purposes, right? This is an AE format book. It's it's uh, hand numbered of three thousand editions, and um, it's a bit. This is a bit different than uh, anything else I've got from Dupuis. So I like the format. It got the cloth spine, uh, nice production values, except two things. Uh, the artwork has, is a bit gray, so I'm not sure why the art pages have turned gray as opposed to aging some other way. So to go with that, they sort of did a grayish paper, which sort of threw me off. I'd much rather see white borders, but I think they're trying to blend in with the art. So they went with these gray paper. And the other thing is, when I open the book fully, the first couple pages, I get this big bend in the center. And if you look on the review or you look on the video flip through, you'll see this bend. And then it sort of occurs at the end as well. So I'm thinking I got my copy had a binding issue. Um, not really something I'd return a book for to France. I'm just annoyed with it. Also, I don't read my books flat generally. I always keep them bent slightly. It's from the uh, the old comic collector, you know, in me. And I, I mostly read on my lap, so I cross a leg, I put the book up, I keep it slightly bent. So I didn't even notice this until I did the flip through. I'm like, what? I'm trying to flatten the pages, right? So it looks good. And then there we go. Horror has struck. But uh, nice presentation. Um, really, actually, an excellent an excellent book. And I really like these premier editions. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about another one in a minute. But uh, Morris did the uh, everything in this book of the original artwork, 56 pages. There's two stories. Uh, you get Le, Le Fauchot and uh, Pilou. And uh, lots of, yeah, lots of correction fluid and not really lots, but you get the correction fluid, you get some notes, you see that the artwork is, you know, the, like... For Spiro magazine, a lot of the art was in two pieces, and they tape it together for one piece, and then it appears in the book, and the, it would appear in the album as the one piece, and then that's how they present it in this. I like the extras in this book; I think they're really well done. Um, they talk about Jack Palance, who is obviously the inspiration for the character of Phil Wire. Uh, they talk about the American influence of western of comedic westerns on uh, Morris. Uh, it's just really great material. This uh, excellent book, 
great size, good price. I mean, 100 euros, 99 euros for 56 pages is a bit light, but it's, uh, it's a really great presentation. All right, the second book in this line, and uh, from what I can find, this was the first one, released in October 2015, is uh, Michel Vélan, Le Pilote Sans Visage, premier edition, premier, premier, premier edition. All right, we got uh, Michel Vélan is about to race during the Monaco F1 Grand Prix aboard a Vélant. We discover that a mysterious driver is testing on the Francochamp circuit. Nobody saw his face, which he needs the name of the driver without a face. But what is certain is that his car is the fastest on the circuit. Black and white, large format edition. All right, this is again uh, 11 and 3 quarter inches by 16 and a half inches. This is 80 pages, 99 euros again. Nice cloth spine, excellent production values. Actually, I like this. I like these production values a little bit better. The extras are really great. Uh, some photos of the uh, of the uh, creator. I'm drawing a blank here. Hold on. Uh, Jean Graton. I don't know how I forgot that. Um, so yeah, just really nice presentation. This is hand numbered out of a thousand. Um, the artwork presents. Wow, I mean, Jean Graton, this guy worked clean. You got a bit of white out. I mean, we see a little bit of pencil, but these, it's a bit disappointing actually for the AE format book like this because it's just so clean. It's funny, the uh, when I when I saw this book, I uh, I had spent some time in a French uh, country in Africa uh, when I was a teenager, and uh, I would go to the bookstore and I didn't speak. I sorry, I didn't read French, and I would see albums, you know, and this this just this screams to me, you know, and A. This style of artwork, it's a, uh, it's very naturalistic. Tries to get every, every detail accurate. It's lots of detail, full panels, but it's just it's a bit stiff, right? It's not quite alive and dynamic as the you know the Marvel artwork uh, that uh, when I grew up on. Uh, but this is a really great book. For some reason, the uh, this not the, even the uh, the retail image doesn't show the red cloth spine very much. So I've got, a, as always, I got a picture of the book at the, bo- at the bottom of the review, and you can see it's a nice cloth spine, same layout as the other, uh, as the uh, Phil Deffer Premier Edition. I would have so liked to see this continue because for this 99 price range, you know, an album or you know, 56 pages, 80 pages, it's great because now, I mean, unfortunately, from Dupuis, we're paying 200 euros for 120 pages, so uh, not quite. I guess that's inflation, right? A really nice book, though. Uh, these are great. These are readily available. You can order them uh, from Amazon. They come shrink-wrapped, uh, no box. So you may want to be a bit careful with these, but uh, so nice. I think that uh, wraps it up for me this month. I've been covering a lot of French stuff lately because, you know, for the simple reason that uh, there's no English stuff coming out. And I've got a, you right, I've got this whole French market uh, in Belgium, Bandis and AE format books that I can explore. So it's pretty exciting. I'm still ordering. I got a ton of books still to order. I'm sorry. I have a ton of books, yes, to order, but I have a ton of books at home. A ton, 30, I don't know, 40 that I'm waiting to review. Um, I'm, I only do two a month. I've got other things going on. So two seems like a good number. I'm wondering if I'm going to maybe throw some English ones in uh, for April, mix it up a bit, and then go back to French the next month. We'll see how it goes. But uh, thank you for joining me this month in this podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Like on YouTube, please. Um, Follow me wherever podcasts are. And please go to the website and read the reviews that I talk about. Uh, I, I talk about it. I give you my insights. But that doesn't ma- that uh, that only complements what I've written on the website. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you next month. Let her go, let her go. God bless her.
Wherever she may be She can search this wide world over She'll never find a sweet man like me 